fairy tales, children's stories about magical and imaginary beings and lands, often the first lens we give young minds to view the world they live in. Many assume these are fictional stories to be taken lightly, but what if there is more to them? This is a podcast where we'll tell you some myths and tales that you thought you knew, and we'll show you how they are connected to real-life crimes today. This is Scary Tales, where the stories of your childhood meet real-life horror. We'll discuss how the light and happy tales of youth actually have a darker history to them. We'll also discuss true crime today and some of the eerie connections they have to the myths and legends of yesterday. Tune in for a new tale every other Tuesday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you stream your podcast. Hello. Welcome back. Yes. It's the girls. The girl, your girls. Your girls that tell tales that are scary. They that, are. And they're known as scary tales. What have you been doing this week? It's been pretty weather, so I've actually been outside a little bit. Really? Not yes. me, because I work in a hospital, but... Alabama has got some pretty weather, finally. I mean, it's supposed to storm again tomorrow, so... It is? Yeah. I, I like a good stormy day, though. As long as it's not tornadoes. Yeah. The So we had a tornado recently, yep. and everybody was like, are you in your safe place? And I was like, I don't have a basement. Nope, same. So I was right here out in the hall, yep. and I got a blanket, and Theodore was like, oh, sh-, like he knew. Yep. But Eleanor thought we were just like... Having a good old time. Having a good Having old a slum- time. A slumber party. Yeah. I've been watching um, Love is Blind. Oh, I, I already finished. You did? Yes. Okay, we haven't finished it, but the shake guy, is yeah. he not Tom Haverford from Parks and Rec? It, yes. Yes. Like to a T. Yeah. How far into it are you? Um, but They just went to that like beach party where every, like Shayna um, saw Shane for okay. the first time. Okay. Yeah. So everybody's already engaged and all that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's com- it's complete trash TV, but I love it. It is. I, it's a guilty pleasure for me. Uh-huh. Uh, that's not, I don't believe that, that, I don't believe in all these like TV show, reality show love things, mm-hmm. but but they are entertaining. But they can take all my money because yep. I will watch it, which yep. has nothing to do with Mulan. No, no none at all. Because Mulan is actually one of the like least romanticized like like there's disney, like yeah disney there's movies. a little bit of a love there's thing a, but it's not the main right it's not the main focus like so many of the other yeah. stories are but also perfect timing to talk about the potential of our husbands being drafted into world oh, war yeah. three with everything going on with ukraine but also the chance that me and you could go because we all try to be feminist for like the past couple years so true also fun fact for you I, i'm pretty sure there are like two million more women than men in ukraine anyway mm-hmm. so like how, a bunch of women are staying to fight for ukraine anyway well so they probably so get stuff done they would be in good company with mulan mm-hmm. they could send me over there and i would just be a sitting duck yeah I would I would try to help in ways that did not involve me carrying a gun. Yeah. I mean, you can give me a gun. It's not going to be beneficial. Yeah. I would it, try my best. Yeah. I, but I am I am not as tough as Mulan is. No, not at all. She's she's pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. I, I like her. So we are going to talk to you about Mulan today. Um, we're going to tell you a little bit about the Disney summary, and then we'll tell you some history, and then snack break true crime. You know the you know the drill. You know the format. So the Lacey's, algorithm. The algorithm. So Lacey's going to start us off with the Disney summary. I watched it this morning for a refresh. I love that little Sunday morning. Little we're filming. Sunday. We're filming today on a Sunday. Little Sunday morning. Mulan. Mulan. All right, hit us so, with it. It's set in China. The Huns have invaded China, 
and the emperor has issued a draft, much like our current political climate. Yes. <laughs> the only eligible male in Mulan's household is her ailing father. So one night uh, she sneaks out and enrolls in the army in her father's place doing so disguised as a man which side note she cuts off all of her hair in the movie which would have been hugely sacrilegious as it's prohibited to cut your hair in confucian belief and that's why all the men have man buns but that's neither here nor there americans made the movie (laughs) realizing what she has done her family prays to their ancestors to send mulan a protector and inner mushu the sarcastic dragon played by eddie murphy which also, by the way, most Chinese people would have found his character offensive because dragons are sacred in their culture, and they're actually water creatures. Like they don't spit fire, hmm. so they got that part all jacked up. But. Again, made by mm-hmm. Americans. There's also this little cricket sidekick who's really cute and supposedly lucky. And in ancient China, people would collect crickets into these small little golden cages, which they do that in the movie, and keep them by their bed at night so they could listen to them sing. So anyways, Mulan goes on, trains as a man, one of the greatest training montages of all of all time. And uh, she proves herself worthy as a soldier. And there's this big battle scene between Mulan's troops and the Huns, the, the main antagonist being, uh, what's his name? Uh, I just left my, yeah, we'll get to it in a second. I have it somewhere <laughs> down here. It's something Chinese. I can't remember. Shan Li? No, Shan, Shan Yu. That's it. Shan Yu is the main antagonist and uh, she's able to create an avalanche that knocks out the majority of the hun army which i think is like the highest body count of any disney princess much less like any disney Disney movie in general yeah yeah meanwhile mulan was injured in the battle and the doctor has to take a look at her and treat her wounds and so he finds out that she is a woman and while chinese law dictates that shang the leader of her little group and love interest should kill Mulan for her deception, he is too impressed by her bravery and simply banishes her from the army. And as Mulan is trying to decide how she will leave the mountain and get home, she sees that Shan Yu and some of the Huns had survived the avalanche and are heading for the Imperial City. Mulan helps some of her soldier friends dress up as concubines. They literally call them concubines, and I wouldn't have known what that was when I was little. But no, that probably was. They're a literally little, like, like here are these prostitutes. It's probably a little uh, nugget for the parents that are taking their kids mm-hmm. to watch Mulan. Remind me to tell you about the story of the virgin wheelchair in just a second. Absolutely, mm-hmm. we're starting off. On Absolutely, a yep. Um, so they they dress she dresses her friends up as these concubines so they can get into the palace we'll talk about that in a second and there they team together to defeat shang yu and the huns and mulan becomes a hero and she's offered a position on the emperor's council but she politely turns it down because she just wants to go home and be with her family so just a tiny little side road onto this virgin wheelchair i had seen I heard about this somewhere and I was, it was further down in the notes and all I had written was virgin wheelchair and it was like a week later and I was looking at that and I was like what, what in, the world? in the world is a virgin wheelchair so to get into <laughs> <laughs> the emperors back then would have thousands of concubines and so it's accurate by thinking the only way they can get into the emperor's Be palace is dressing that. up as concubines yeah. but anyway there was a certain emperor named King Sui Yang he ruled between 581 and 618 AD and he had this custom wheelchair-looking thing made with the purpose of putting uh, young virgin girls in it. 
and it would put them in the desired position for intercourse. So historians have called it the virgin wheelchair. No. Yeah. And the way it worked was whenever a young woman sat on it, these clamps sprung up holding her arms down and would spread her legs apart. And then this mechanized chair cushion tilted her up according to the emperor's preference. That is terrifying. And I just like how we're two minutes in and we're talking about a virgin wheelchair. That is horrifying. Also, they Nothing didn't think that clamps someone's arms down is a is a yeah good thing. Or that they were figuring out like technology, like the mechanized cushion part, but for, for not some for <laughs> societal some in, advancement for, purposes. Right, for inappropriate pleasure rather than societal advancement. Yeah. So anyways. Well, there you have it. Just starting off with a bang. Let's just, let's just call the episode right there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you for that Disney summary and that very not Disney mm-hmm. uh, side story. So there are lots of Mulans out there. Uh, her story has passed, been passed down for centuries with many retellings, as are a lot of the stories that we talk about every here. Every one of the stories we talk about. I mean, it just, everyone has their own kind of version of it. Um, the first recorded Mulan is, it dates back to the 6th century and is actually a poem. It's called The Ballad of Mulan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just over 300 lines and was something to be sung. Um and memorized so the song would actually make it easier for people to memorize so that it could be passed down through generations that's smart yeah because it's easier to memorize a song than it is to memorize just paragraphs or mm-hmm. something i'm never gonna forget that mary had a little lamb right and she if went you to school had, one day if you had mulan had a little sword yeah. you would you would know the story mm-hmm. in this poem we first find mulan whose name actually means mongolia flower no magnolia oh i'm thinking <laughs> She's like, I'm going to go to New China after this. See you in a second. <laughs> uh, it's a Freudian slip right there. Honestly, uh, it should I be makes more sense. Yeah, it makes more sense. Yeah. It means Magnolia. Like Magnolia feels way too Alabama. Yeah. Um, Joanna Gaines. Right. Um, so her name means Mon- Magnolia flower. <laughs> I almost said it again. Um, sad, sadly weaving at her loom in her room. So this is where we first find Mulan. Mm-hmm. Her father has been called away to war, similar to our story. His son is too young to go in his place, so Mulan goes instead. The poem doesn't really give much detail about what happened during the war, but Mulan is supposed to, supposedly gone for about 10 to 12 years, and she was a valiant fighter. That's a long time. That is time. a long time. When Mulan returns to the imperial court, the emperor offers her prizes and promotions, but Mulan simply asks for a horse that she can go back home to her family. Similar to the Disney movie. Right. Then upon arriving at home, Mulan takes off her soldier's uniform and dresses back into her old clothes. She puts her hair up. She applies makeup to her face. Um, Then she goes outside to meet her old war buddies, and they are shocked. Uh, then after all these years of fighting side by side, they just, they had never known that Mulan was a girl until that moment. Mm-hmm. So not, um, so th- those are some similarities. Very similar. Now the poem ends with some weird comparison to rabbits. As one does, as they do. Right. Uh, Mulan explains, if you trap a rabbit, you can tell whether it's male or female. But if you just see a rabbit sitting in a field, you'll never know it's sex. So, so. kind of like how they... The doctor had to see Mulan in the Disney movie, right? Or, or trapped her, right? So when they see so, a soldier in the field, that just looks like a soldier. Yeah, but if you look at him up close and trap him, you'll be able to tell if it's a man or a woman. And right. the new Mulan, the um, the most updated, uh-huh. I one, haven't seen that one. It's extremely controversial to Chinese people, have by you, the way. Yeah, have you seen it? 
I, I watched the first part of it. I think I fell asleep, but yeah, it's not as good as the it, um, it has this. There's two rabbits in the beginning doing something. Really? Bumping uglies. They're probably not bumping <laughs> uglies. They're probably just running beside each other, but. But I do like that kind of addition as mm-hmm. like a trying to like pay homage to the original. Yeah. But the rest of it is not. Well, what sucks about it is because the Disney movie was never promoted as like being culturally correct. They yeah. were like, we are Americans making a movie they about Chinese. Yeah. Whereas the new movie, they very strongly promoted like we are respecting Chinese culture and this is going to be so culturally historically correct. And, and it isn't, was just, isn't wasn't. it one of the first, wasn't it one of the, like the first, like all Asian casts or something like that? I don't know, which that's cool. But, um, but then they got, a there's bunch of other a stuff lot wrong. of things wrong. Yeah. And I didn't research it enough to know, but we, we can do a, mm-hmm. a part t- two tiny tail on it. Yeah. Um, the main difference between Disney's version and the ballad is other than the rabbits. Right. Um, the Disney version, the theme would be feminism, right? Like you have this woman who beat all odds and surprised everyone and became a warrior. And that's the theme. Whereas in the ballad, at the end, after she comes back from war, she goes back to being a woman and what society expects of her. And mm-hmm. the, the theme is uh, filial piety or respect to your parents and honoring mm-hmm. your parents. So, so two her- different goals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now some historical context. More wheelchairs? No more. No. <laughs> <laughs> the history of virgin wheelchairs. Um, I'm going to shock you here. Okay, I'm ready. Mulan is not actually a Chinese story. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Just stay with me here. I'm with you. The poem mentions several geographical features, including the Yellow River, the Black Mountain, and the Yan Mountain. And based off this, historians were able to uh, surmise that the poem takes place during the Northern Wei Dynasty, which ruled from 386 to 534 CE. Are you with me? I'm with you. The Northern Wei fought their northern neighbors, the Ruron, all the time. But one of the dead giveaways that it's not a Chinese poem is that the author of the poem addresses the leader as Khan, mm-hmm. which means leader, instead of emperor. Oh, Han Chinese only refer to their leaders as Emperor. emperors. Han ah. Chinese are like native Chinese people. They make up like 92% of the population. The Northern Wei Dynasty uh, was not Han Chinese. It was instead established by the Turkish Tuoba clan, which conquered Northern China in 386 CE. And these Tuoba people came from the nomadic Turkish Jiambe people. And these Jiambe people have a completely different culture than the Han Chinese. They look completely different than the Han Chinese. Um, and the Ruron, the people they were fighting, that would have been the antagonist in the ballad. They were also from the Jiambe people. So it was kind of like a war between distant cousins mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than the Chinese and the Huns. So rather than the two Disney, totally different people. Yeah, the Disney movie just has that part all messed up. Probably because it's a bit of a complex it is it took me a while geography like semantics Mm -hmm. things like that right side note they dumb it down the depiction of the huns in the disney movie Mm -hmm. is extremely racist uh and demonizes central asians so they're they're large they have gray skin Mm -hmm. they have yellow eyes Mm -hmm. long finger uh fingernails like animal like fingernails they look i mean yeah they look like villains right so just a side note, that's probably one of the, the biggest blunders of the Disney movie. Which I feels like a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. 
getting the both the protagonist and the antagonist wrong well i'm, I'm talking about the race of the racism the I, I know that's what i'm saying yeah. it's like they've the the racism of, of oh the of, villain, of the antagonist their, and yeah. then the getting the protagonist of the story right a little backwards so there's that disney and you do another re, a re another remake mm -hmm. um so speaking of these uh speaking of the villains the main villain um sean Yu, is that right sean Yu, sean Yu uh was a spy let me not do that accent i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> so the main villain sean Yu, was inspired by none other than attila the hun who is somebody that you all have probably studied in history uh -huh. class at some point we just thought we'd tell you a little bit about him because he's uh, interesting too yes we will we'll give you a little uh, history class recap so a little bit on attila he was known as the scourge of god and mm -hmm. remains one of the most infamous historical figures of all time he was the king of the huns which was a barbaric group that just absolutely terrorized the romans which somebody you know somebody had to right and he said it'll be me mm-hmm he had joint control over the group with his brother, Bleda, Bleda. Who, Attila and Bleda. Which you never hear about the brother, but nope. that's it. That's, that's okay. That's for a reason. Um, but he had the desire for absolute power. Um, Attila had his own brother assassinated because of his desire for that power. Right. That's why you don't that's hear about Bleda. That's why we don't Bleda. hear about Yeah. But we should hear about Bleda. Mm -hmm. You know, he should get a little side note. Uh, Attila the Hun died horribly and mysteriously on his wedding night. Mm-hmm. Well, we could do a whole story on that. Mm -hmm. To note, he did have many wives, but he had just recently taken a new wife, a beautiful woman named Ildiko. Il the night of the wedding, Attila feasted and drank very late into the night. And then when he didn't report to duty the next morning, the guards went into his bedchambers where they found Attila dead with a um, his wife weeping at his side. Uh, no wound could be found, so mm -hmm. it kind of, and it appeared that he had suffered from a bad nosebleed while lying in a stupor and choked to get to death on his own blood. So, what do you think about that, science lady? Um, What's your prediction? My concern is that I assume he had to choke for a little bit, and choking is pretty loud. So I'm not sure what old Idilco Aldico was doing. Right, right. snoozing good, apparently. Mm -hmm. The night of his death, his body was encased in three coffins yeah one gold one one silver one and one iron one and he was buried in a tomb filled with jewels and treasures from all of his victims i feel like they buried him in three coffins because they were like let's make sure he stays he put. never is resurrected as legend has it a river was diverted so that attila could be buried in his in its bed and the waters were then released to flow over the grave that's how you know you're special and that's how you know that you have made it mm-hmm the servants who buried Attila were subsequently killed to prevent them from revealing his final resting place. Mm -hmm. And so the location of the burial site is believed to be somewhere in Hunger Hungary. Um, remains, it's unknown to this day. Yeah. So because we killed the people who buried him, so we know he's somewhere under a river. Yep. And there you Maybe go. Maybe in Hungary. All right. There you go. Uh, so back to Mulan a little bit. This is just an episode of a side tangent. Mm-hmm. In the 16th century, um, help me. Zhu Wei. Zhu Wei wrote a play called, quote, Female Mulan Joins the Army Taking Her Father's Place. Also, I like how you said, help me, and I said that so confidently, and that's you, probably not right. I just went with it, though. Another tiny side tangent on <laughs> Zhu Wei. He suffered from alcoholism and severe depression, and in 1566, he stabbed his wife and children to death. 
what is it with people killing their family members in this story? Mm-hmm. Um, we're not even we're not even to the true crime part right. yet, and we've already got murders. But this is just another retelling. Yeah. So in this retelling, Mulan's virtue takes the form of deep commitment to her femininity. In this story, Mulan's feet are bound and she has to unbind them in order to put on her warrior shoes. Mm -hmm. She is worried that this will cause her to not be a candidate for marriage when she returns from war. Because that's, they thought like small dainty feet was a... I'm sorry, but we're going to have to take a whole nother tour. Detour. (laughs) I'm not even going to call it a detour. I'm just going to call it a tour. On on foot binding. binding, Because foot binding is fascinating. It is. It is. So foot binding is said to have been inspired by a 10th century court dancer named Yao Ning, who bound her feet into the shape of a new moon. So you can almost picture like a ballerina slipper Mm -hmm. almost. But worse. But worse. So she supposedly entranced the emperor with her tiny feet and her sweet dance moves. So Uh other people like. Are like, ooh, I want to. I'm going to try the same thing. Yeah. In addition to altering the shape of her foot, the um, or just of women's feet in general, the practice also produced a particular sort of gait that relied on the thigh and the butt muscles for support. Because obviously, mm-hmm. if your feet are messed up, the rest of your body is going to have to compensate. Mm-hmm. Um, the strengthening of the inner thigh and the butt would have been attractive to men. Okay, right. So um, they the even further reason they like this practice. Right. So small feet, nice legs, good mm-hmm. booty. Soon, other noble ladies with money took up the tradition, and then it became the symbol of, like, the elite. Because mm-hmm. also, what you can barely do anything with your feet like that. No, so no. the elite would have had to be be the ones doing it. Cause right. They have, like, if you were out being and, a farmer right, you and could, supporting your no family, way. there's not a chance. Right. For families with marriageable daughters, the foot size translated into its own form of currency and a means of achieving achieving social mobility. So mm-hmm. the most desirable bride possessed a three inch foot. Three inches. Uh, that is tiny. Yeah. Uh, this foot was known as the golden lotus. I definitely don't have a golden lotus. Oh no. Um, it was respectable to have a four inch foot, which is the silver lotus. Yeah. But, but five go inches or longer were dismissed as iron lotuses. So you yeah. don't want you don't want a little iron lotus. You don't want to be dragging around on old iron looking lotus. No. So if you had less than five inches, you were good. You were good. Well, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about how indeed they did bind these people's feet. These I'm sorry, not people, females yeah, not, and little girls at that yeah. because the process normally started when the girl was about five or six. First, her feet were plunged into hot water and then her toenails clipped short. Because what they're about to do, that's going to be necessary. This is going to make me throw up. Yeah, it's horrible. Yep. Then the feet were massaged and oiled before all the toes, except the big toe, were broken and bound flat against the sole, making the foot into a triangle shape. Next, the young girl's arch was strained as the foot was bent double. They literally, I've looked uh, it up. They... Your foot, they broke it in half and bent, folded it. They folded your foot in half. Yeah. Finally, the feet were bound in place using a silk strip measuring usually 10 feet long and two inches wide. And these wrappings were briefly removed every two days to prevent blood and pus from infecting the foot. But sometimes excess flesh had to be cut away or they encouraged the excess skin to rot off. And the girls were forced to walk long distances in order to hasten the breaking of their arches. And over time, the wrappings became tighter and the shoes smaller as the heel and sole were crushed together. 
After two years of enduring all of this, the process was complete and it created a deep cleft that the goal was in this cleft, you would be able to hold a Chinese coin in its place. That that makes my like chest warm. I don't like. I, I have stumped my toe before. Oh. I've never broken a toe, but I've stumped my toe, and that hurts like oh, crazy. Yeah. I I cannot fathom that they were able to break these, fold these girls' feet in half, and then make them walk on them. Right. That. And yep. then for the and pretty much for the rest of their life they were disabled. Oh yeah, there's no there's no recovery yeah. from that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to Mulan. Sorry back for to another lot. This is just the episode of side tangents. There's just a lot to, to process through mm-hmm. with Mulan. So Mulan, and they never talk about that in the Disney movie. There's no, no mention of like no. her feet mm-hmm. being well. They actually in the, in, in the Disney movie when they're singing the song when she's at the matchmaker's house, which we'll get to in a little bit, they say something about tiny waist, Ooh. which would have been like you know. An English or American. Yeah, it's American. That's one of our idolized beauty standards, right. a small waist, whereas so theirs were feet. feet. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So Mulan trains for battle, and she joins with the other soldiers on their quest to defeat Leopard Skin and his men. Um, this is this is not the Disney one. This is one of the retellings. The the one we were just, yeah. what's it called? I love the title of the that The title one. is female, real straightforward. Female Mulan joins the army, taking, taking her, her father's, father's place. place. Just real. They didn't want you to miss the point. Right. Real straight to the mm-hmm. point. Um, I lost my place. Oh, they are successful with capturing leopard skin and Mulan is given a cap and a girdle to symbolize a promotion into the Imperial Secretariat. So um, she gives a hat and a belt. Basically. Promotion. She gets a promotion. We talked about girdles last week. We did. Mm-hmm. Um, on her way back home, she is traveling with the other male soldiers who point out how weird it is that they've never seen her use the toilet. Mm, you hate to be in that predicament. Right. Uh, she distracts them with some antidote about the moon goddess whose face frequently changes and her their true identity is never known. So she just mm-hmm. tells her own little little fairy tale to distract them. <laughs> when she finally makes it back home, she reapplies her makeup and assures her parents that she returns to them with a dogwood bud aka her virginity quote dogwood bud quote dogwood bud um what was it that the french called it they've seen the wolf oh yeah when we talked about little red riding yeah so her parents are like okay good because we have already arranged for you to be married and if you were not a virgin we would not be able to marry you off Mm -hmm. so mulan ends up being married and everyone lives happily ever after Mm. So, in ancient China, you said we talked about matchmaking a second ago. Mm-hmm. In ancient China, matchmaking was an essential ritual, and they there were professional matchmakers, not this like millionaire matchmaker. No, not those reality type things. Mm-mm. This was the real deal. And the, they this is a big part of the Disney movie. Yeah. So these matchmakers were essentially like real estate agents who would meet with the families, elders. They would discuss the prospective partners' social standings, their reputation, financial situation, and so on. Mm-hmm. And then the matchmakers had a job to make sure that the couple bonded well and would advocate each side to the best of their ability. So this was an important task um, as very, it was very influential. Ancient Chinese families believed marriage was the cornerstone for increasing their whole clan's strength and influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, in return, these quote unquote marriage brokers were paid very well. So this was like a good career field. Yeah. Daughters were considered to be of marriageable age when they were in their early to mid-teens, while young men were usually twice the age of their bride-to-be. I just talked to my students about this when we were reading Romeo and Juliet. Mm -hmm. Honestly, historically, 
girls are allowed to be of marriageable age once they can have kids. Yeah. So that, that's why it's it's young. I mean, it's like as soon as you can have kids, you can be a wife. Right. Whereas for the I guys, it, it, they were always older. I wish you knew me as a 13-year-old. Oh, goodness. I was not a delight. No. N- not at all. No. I, is anyone a delight at 13? No, not that I know of. Um, so the probably the darkest retelling of Mulan, because you know we like to find the dark versions of these mm-hmm. things, it comes from the historical romance of Sui and Tang. This novel was composed somewhere between... 1630 and 1705 CE. The story of Mulan is just one out of about 100 chapters in this book. So we won't tell you all 100 chapters. Come back for later episodes. We'll, yeah, more we'll episodes talk more later. about the virgin wheelchair. In, in this version, Mulan is the daughter of a Turkish father. And there a, goes that Turkish. And a Chinese mother. Yep. Mm-hmm. When the Turkish Khan conscripts her father, Mulan goes in his place. Okay, so there's some similarities there. She is captured by a female warrior, Dao Zaning. The name sounds good to me. Um, who admires her courage and employs her as an assistant, therefore saving her life um, and associating her with the winning side. When the war is over, Mulan is pardoned and she returns home to find that her father has died. The Khan, uh, remember who's like the leader, having taken notice of her during the conflict, sends word that she is to be his concubine, and rather than submit to this shame, Mulan kills herself. She slits her throat and bleeds all over her father's grave. Because she probably heard about that freaking virgin wheelchair. And that's the end. Yeah. This reminds me of Nakalula. In Alabama, we have this thing called Nakalula Falls, and it's a beautiful waterfall. Another side tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We love it. Uh, The the story goes that this Native American Mm -hmm. woman was put into an arranged marriage when she was already in love with someone else. And instead of getting married, she just jumped off the waterfall and they have a um, statue of her. Yep. There you go. So that one's pretty dark. Mm -hmm. The ballad itself, it doesn't contain any supernatural elements. It's for this reason that people believe that it was true and that Mulan was based on a real person. Scholars typically will disagree with this. There's no historical evidence to prove her existence. And the story was just passed down orally, so there's nothing, like, tangible necessarily. Mm -hmm. But this doesn't mean that female, historical female Chinese heroines didn't exist. So even if there's not a specific Mulan, there's some other heroines that could have influenced her. Just a couple for you here. Just a couple. Among these women, there's a Zun Guan of the Western Jin Dynasties, 265 to 316 CE. She was a 13-year-old daughter of the governor, Zun Song, who led a handpicked team of soldiers to break the lines of the enemy forces surrounding her father's city and brought back a relief force to lift the siege. Listen, at 13, I was playing Dance <sighs> no. Dance Revolution and uh, going to dance class. Right. Not not fighting Not army. being a valiant Warrior soldier. bride. Yeah. There was also Princess Pingyang of the Tang Dynasty. Trained, she trained her own military, known as the Army of Lady Li, and led them in a number of victorious engagements against the forces of the then-corrupt Sui Dynasty. So she's the only woman in history of in the history of Imperial China to receive military honors at her burial. We love to see it. Yep, the uh, Army of Lady Li. Yeah. And then there is also a warrior woman named Wong Conger. Uh, this is 
coming from around 1777 to 1798 CE. She commanded the White Lotus sect in the rebellion against the, the Qing dynasty, leading an army of men and using guerrilla tactics to achieve a number of significant victories. Mm -hmm. uh, she fin finally surround, they were surrounded and facing defeat. She leapt from a cliff rather than submit to be captured. So you you have like a little bit of a, of Mulan in all three of those. Yeah. And there's plenty of more stories. But those are just a couple examples of, there might not just have been a real a Mulan, but there were real Chinese yeah. female warriors. Women. Yeah. Yeah. So some, ins there's definitely some inspiration there. I, um, I enjoyed Mulan going, growing up. She, uh, she came out later. What is 1998, 1997? I, I appreciate the fact that she was... I feel like she was kind of the first Disney quote unquote princess that kind of like strayed from the standard princess story. Mm -hmm. um, the goal was not to be pretty. And it was actually in contrast to that. Like it, right. In, in uh, spite of that. Yeah. Which so is, I, I appreciate cool. that. I think it's a good story for li little girls and little boys. If they uh, want to watch it to learn from. Yeah. Okay. So, that's all for the side tangents. That's all for now. We've got a true crime and a snack break. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you should stick around. I hope you do. Who is that girl I see? A staring straight back at me. <laughs> <laughs> Lacey has her eyes closed because it's snack break time. It's a hidden mystery Today is snack a break. Mystery snack break. So we have not one, not two ASMR, but we have oh, oh that's three. a good sound. Three energy drink flavors for Lacey to try today, and she's going to do a blind taste test. I can't wait. Also, my heart can't wait because I can't do a lot of caffeine. So. She's just doing one sip of each. Okay. So it's fine. So one sip. So I'm going to give her three different um, flavors. I'm not even going to tell her which brand it is yet because I don't want her to like have any prior knowledge to guess. I don't know any. I know Monster, I'm and that's it. I'm going to start you with the one I think might be the easiest. Okay. Um, is it a multi... Oh, so you're not going to give me a uh, uh, multiple choice? No. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm making this as hard as possible. Um, all right, you can open your eyes. Here's here's number one. I'm also giving these two in a in a little shot glass. Here is energy drink numero uno. I okay. started you off with the one I thought was the easiest flavor to okay. guess. Is it Sprite? No. Oh, and she actually like took that like a shot. I thought you were going to sip on it. <laughs> you probably red bull it's not a red bull but that is that is my favorite energy drink i think until this one. Oh, um you have nothing else to try she just took the whole thing in one big sip so she has nothing else to <laughs> I, take. I went back for a double take she strawberry did. close that's watermelon oh watermelon is my favorite flavor and I, that didn't taste like watermelon so this one that one was watermelon wave oh it was okay, the so wave i was it tasting. was the wave yeah it was mm -hmm. like all right close your eyes again i got poor okay poor number two i don't think you're gonna get these other two if i didn't get watermelon you're probably right i would never in my life be a sommelier or what are they called yeah i, th I think that was close enough all right here's a uh, energy drink number two this one is Ooh. pink okay all right 
She's she's learning this time. She's just going to take a little sip so she can think and take another sip. Strawberry kiwi. No. Space. You, cl- close. It's, what did I well, say? That, not for this one, but for the next one. This one's a weird. This one's a. Mm. You're not going to be. I, I'll give you a hint. Unicorn poop. These are typically energy drink flavors. I'll give you a hint. Think summer. Mm. Think something we used to do in the summers as a kid. We would go get in the summers as a kid. Oh, um, snow cone? Yeah, it's Hawaiian shaved ice. Wow. Okay. 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 All right, now one more for you. Okay. Are you going to tell the people what the brand is? Yeah, We tried that. We tried that one in one of our snack breaks. Oh, well, then here you go again. Okay. She guessed space. This one is? Cosmic Stardust. Cosmic Stardust. I think we did, and tell them the brand. This is a Alani. Alani, you can get it at Target. Alani News. You can get these at Target. I think this is my my new favorite energy really? drink yeah um have you tried hold on let me get a sip of this you guess on the last one you guess space oh that this, one's my favorite one that one kind of tastes cosmic, like cotton candy cosmic stardust which, by the way the new coke oh that's right these whatever it's called starlight stardust what, whatever it also tastes like cotton candy okay why does space themed drinks taste like cotton candy because cosmic like galaxy purple and blue I mean, okay. purple and pink is kind of cotton candy. Okay, I could see it. So, of the three, that one's your favorite. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be doing. I think the Hawaiian shaved ice is my current favorite. Really? Just out of like nostalgia. Out of principle. Yeah, just out of nostalgia. Also, apparently, I mean, there's also another new flavor I couldn't find, but Addison Ray made a flavor, and all my students love it. Uh-oh. That's what made me think of doing this for a snack break. What about if they made an oatmeal cream pie flavor? If they stole that. You heard it here first. <laughs> if they if they come out with an oatmeal cream pie, pie flavor, mm-hmm. they'd need to they need to sponsor us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, Elani knew naturally uh, naturally not artificially flavored, zero grams of sugar, um, two hundred milligrams of caffeine. It's gluten free, vegan. It has biotin B six and B twelve. So not and not, stardust and some stardust not horrible in the grand scheme of energy drinks nope i wish i could drink them I probably can't. better for you than monster but Lacey's mm-hmm. had uh, all the energy drinks she can have for today uh, i can't my heart is going to start malfunctioning but her favorite was the cosmic stardust she says it tastes like cotton candy i'm going with the hawaiian shaved ice get you some get try you some. it today let us know which flavors you like which uh-huh. ones we should add to the list that's a snack break there you go It's time for the true crime. Today we are talking about the very dark case of Lavina Johnson. And the reason we're talking about her is she was a female soldier. Like Mulan. Like Mulan. There you go. There's the connection. This story I'm scared to tell because it involves... Oh. Kind of like I was scared when we told the Dyatlov yep. Pass. This mm-hmm. I'm also scared that someone's going to come kill me in my sleep over telling the story. But lots of people told have told it on YouTube and have podcasts. Yes, and we'll we'll do the blanket statement here beforehand that a lot of, all of this is like there's a lot of allegedly's in this. A lot of allegedly's, a lot so, of for educational purposes only. Yes, so we'll go ahead and put that out there that yep. you can just add the word allegedly or for educational purposes only in front of. Yeah, a lot of A it. lot of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So 19-year-old Lavina Johnson was a soldier in the U.S. Army 
and had been serving in Iraq for about six weeks when she was shot to death on July 19th, 2005. But not by enemy fire, but what the army claims was, and claims strong emphasis on the word claims, was a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. But as you will see, things just don't add up when it comes to that. And myself, Lavina's family, and many others believed that this was a homicide. So what I'm going to tell you about Lavina's early life actually comes from her father, Dr. Johnson, who wrote her autobiography on lavinajohnson.com if you want to go read more. Lavina was born on July 27th, 1985 in Missouri, and she was one of five children. Both of her parents worked for the military at some point. Her dad served in the U.S. Army and then later worked for many years as a civilian. He was a licensed psychologist, so he would counsel soldiers as well as those struggling with addiction, which it wouldn't surprise me if those coincided, if you have PTSD coping. Well, yeah, with I think that's a, an, a logical yeah analysis yeah yeah. lavina received many honors in her life but the first of which which i've never heard of was baby of the year at walnut park church where the johnson family attended emma needs to be baby of the year yes she does i wonder how the other parents feel about baby of the year (laughs) they all just give the parents every single one of them award that says probably they all baby they all want baby of the year she began singing in the church choir at age four and took this very seriously she would practice constantly and even put on performances for her family. Same. I loved Aww. getting together with your cousins and coming up with a cool dance and song and showing your parents. Oh, you still do that with uh, Solomon I, now. I the li- Lacey and Solomon show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just instead of dancing, it's, they, do, just, they do a snack break. Yeah. She was a great student and participated in several extracurricular activities. She played the violin and was in the school band. She also ran track and won awards for her science projects. Just an all-around good student. Yeah. She absolutely loved the holidays and the opportunity to be festive. There was a family tradition, which will come back later, uh, where she and her sister and her father would decorate the Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving. They love doing that. So she also loved animals and began donating her own money to PETA at only 11 years old. And she was also a vegetarian and a member of VEGA or the Vegetarian Economy in Green Agriculture. So we love that. We love people that are passionate about animals. After Lacey. Uh-huh. Um, after high school, her father said that Lavina had a plan in mind, and this was to attend college out west and major in the performing arts. And she actually wanted to be a movie producer. And her dad had written several novels, and she dreamed of turning those into movies. Oh, so, that's sweet. because Lavina was wanting to go to college out of state, she knew that this would be way more expensive, and she didn't want to worry her parents about having to pay tuition. They had enough money to pay for her to go to college, but when she wanted to go out of state, that was a little too much. Yeah. And she had four other siblings. So, yeah, that makes sense. Against her family's wishes, Lavina decided to join the U.S. Army to serve her country and provide a way for her education. In order to kind of soothe their fears, her parents did go and talk to her recruiter. And their main concern, obviously, was that Lavina would be deployed. But the recruiter, I have no idea why he would do this, assured them that the likelihood of that happening was low. And he was obviously very wrong because by July of 2005, America was already four years into the war on terror. Right. That's what I was about to say. What's the timeline of this? Yeah. Because 
this that was not an accurate statement from right. his part. Saddam Hussein had been deposed as leader and the U.S. began to bolster their forces in Iraq in preparation for a civil war. In September of 2004, Lavina joined the Army as a private and spent the next 10 weeks in basic training at Fort Jackson in South Carolina. And while in training, she kept in touch with her family through letters. She would go on to do this when she was in Iraq, but her instructors would go on to talk about how great of a leader she was and how mentally tough she was. And then in May of 2005, despite the assurance from her recruiter, wouldn't you know it, Lavina was called on for her first deployment. And she was assigned to the 129th Corps Support Battalion and went was sent to Balad, Iraq, and would work in the communications building. And no, I did not pronounce that wrong. Balad is several miles north of Baghdad and home of the Balad Air Base. U.S. forces captured the airbase in 2003, and by the time Lavina was serving, it had been renamed the Anaconda Logistics Support Area, because who would want to mess with something with that right. name? Sounds, Not that me. sounds pretty intimidating. According to her father, Lavina seemed to settle in well and called home every day during her deployment, and she would also write them letters, most of which were positive. Lavina was a very positive person, but there were several that expressed some of her concerns with her male counterparts. She said that they often spoke down to the females and called them female warriors instead of soldiers. And they would also just call them females like, hey, female, come here. Oh. I need you to hold this for a second. Or, and this is the worst one, they would call them souls, meaning that they were only half of a soldier. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. gave you the right? That's so petty. This person is on your team. Yeah. She is a woman who knows that just genetically she can't is not going to be as strong as a man. And is going to have to deal with all y'all lazy, you know the word I want to say. Bums. And you're going to call her half of a soldier. No, thank you. Yeah, that is disappointing. So Lavina called home on July 14th to tell her parents about a specific incident. And part of Lavina's job was to open the communications building in the morning and then lock up at night. And on this particular night, she was trying to close up, but the male soldiers were refusing to leave. Because like I said, they're a bunch of uh, people. Yep people that are rude and stuff eventually the general was called to take care of the problem and instead of reprimanding the men he told lavina that she needed to toughen up and be more assertive sounds about right her last phone call with her parents would be two days later on july 17th and on that phone call lavina's mom said that her daughter sounded happy and they began making plans for christmas and her mom promised her that they wouldn't decorate the tree until she got home. Because remember, that was her favorite thing to do. But Lavina was also excited because she had been given a new job that she would be starting the next week. And she was ready for a change in scenery. So all the way around, a good, hopeful conversation. conversation. Mm -hmm. Their call took place early in the morning. And the, Lavina's parents asked if they should wake up the rest of the family so they could talk to her. And she told them no, since it was so early and promised she would call back in a day or two. Unfortunately, no such call ever came. Uh, on the morning of July 19th, 2005, Lavina's parents woke to a loud banging on their front door and found a military officer standing on the front porch. That's it, never good. That's never a good no. time. He told them, quote, I have a message for you from the secretary of defense. This morning, Lavina L. Johnson died of self-inflicted wounds. And this was um, just eight days shy of her 20th birthday. So 
her parents were absolutely devastated. Her mom collapsed on the stairs. Her dad collapsed. It was a horrible scene. But they were also immediately suspicious because, like I said, they had just talked to Lavina the day before, and she sounded happy and was planning for her future. And now there was this military officer at the front door without a chaplain, mind you, uh, telling mm. them that their daughter had killed herself and also they did not provide any further details i was about to say that's also very quick like mm-hmm. clearly that's that's it doesn't seem like there was a ton of investigating before the event and then them telling the family yeah. the next day they met with a casualty liaison to go over what to do next that's and even that's sad that that even exists a right. casualty liaison yeah that like breaks my heart mm-hmm. or if that's your job that it's the worst job i can think of yeah What was strange about this is that the officer highly recommended to the family that they have a closed casket funeral. And you can see why, right? If Lavina supposedly shot herself in the face with an M16 rifle, which is later what they found out is what Mm -hmm. the Army's claim to happen, then that's going to be a a gruesome scene. But Dr. Johnson had a gut feeling to continue with an open casket. So... The day of the funeral comes, and when Lavina's sister walks up to the casket to see her, she starts screaming repeatedly, they murdered my sister, because what they're looking at does not add up. It doesn't. So what stood out immediately was that it essentially looked like Lavina had been beaten up. Her face was bruised, she had a cut lip, her nose looked broken, and the only sign of a gunshot wound was a small entry point on the left side of her forehead, close to her eyebrow also strangely they noticed that her gloves had been glued to her hands and when they asked the funeral director about this he said that that was not normal protocol i couldn't imagine why it would be yeah Mm -hmm. so what kind of damage could lavina possibly have had on her hands that they were trying to hide or i'm picturing my mind goes to um you know how if she's in a fight she's got dna oh yeah her fingernails yeah After seeing this, Dr. Johnson immediately demanded more information from the Army, including Lavina's autopsy. So as more information came in about Lavina's death, her parents started to get a clearer picture of the events that transpired that day. So that day, Lavina got off work sometime between 4 and 5 p.m., but never made it to her physical training appointment. The Army claimed that Lavina had met up with a male soldier who she hung out with for approximately four hours in his room, and they were reportedly just friends. There was nothing romantic between them, by the way, but they then went to go shopping and picked up several items before the two went their separate ways. Lavina bought a six-pack of soda, M&Ms, and lip balm. Then she supposedly went back to her tent, dropped her stuff off, grabbed her rifle, and headed into a contractor's tent. Which, by the way, the Army originally told her family that Lavina was found in her barracks, not this contractor's tent. So this is where, in the contractor's tent, that she used, they said, she used an accelerant to burn her letters from her ex and then shot herself. So the story goes that she, her ex had just broken up with her. They were only dating like two months. And, and she was, was so what, sad. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of the catalyst for uh, completing suicide and also burning all of these letters. At so one, why would you do that in somebody else's tent versus yeah. her own yeah. room? At 1.20 a.m., her body was found in the contractor's tent. She was lying on her back in a pool of blood, her right arm covering her face. There was a sleeping cot lying between her and her M16 rifle. 
on the left side of her body were some pieces of paper with an aerosol can and matches. And I'm just going to, because I need you to look at this, I am going to pull up her the, this picture. Okay. And I'll cut out the silence in between. Okay, here we go. I'm going to get you to gander at this picture okay. and tell me the first thing that sticks out to you about... Okay. Just just take a gander at that. Describe okay. it. Okay, so there's the green army cot on the right. Mm -hmm. There's stuff on the left, like a it looks like a can of something. It does look like something brown, maybe burned. Her gun is very far away from Bingo. Her. First okay. thing I notice. Yeah. I mean. If you shoot yourself. And it's not even like facing her. Right. And in that picture, that's that's actually on her left side. The gun is on her left side. I, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Which I, I was going to ask if they know if she was right-handed or left-handed. She is right-handed. Okay. So if the bullet wound is on by her left eyebrow. Mm-hmm. And she's right-handed. Mm -hmm. Also, that is a very long gun. That's a very challenging. We're going to get to all that. I was about to say, those are all the, those are the things that I notice. Yeah. Okay. If you want to look that picture up to see what we're talking about, please do. I was about to say we probably won't post that one on on the Instagram because no, it's a little graphic. Go look it but up you so can you know what we're talking up. about. Yeah, the, the gun is. I mean, a whole. It's an M16, and we'll get into the the all yeah. of the details on that because you know I know so much about guns, but I did. Well, I mean but that that would be it seems like that would be a very hard gun to it's not a, a small handgun that right. she could have easily held up right. yeah right, right right the official investigation took months and was conducted by special agents from the u.s army criminal criminal investigation command which investigates soldiers deaths and crimes within the army after an autopsy was done lavina's death was officially ruled a suicide by the army Dr. Johnson obviously requested copies of the autopsy and all the army sent him were these very poor grainy black and white photos, which were difficult to discern. But Dr. Johnson noticed that no rape kit had been performed. And when he asked about this, the coroner stated that there were no signs of sexual assault. So they didn't think it was necessary to perform one. And also they did no uh, DNA test under her fingernails. So there's also that. I was about to say, I could see doing a, I could see definitely doing the test under the fingernails, but mm -hmm. I guess I could somewhat understand if there's no sign. I mean, I could understand if there's no sign of assault that they wouldn't think to do that. But then again, I would also think with there being very few women in the army. Right. And the statistics we're going to talk about later yeah. and just the evidence we're going to talk so, about later. So even if they didn't have like, physical evidence there's still mm -hmm. like a lot of circumstantial evidence that yeah. should probably lead you to go ahead and just do a test just to be safe right he also brought up the fact that the bullet wound did not look consistent with an m16 rifle but even more strange he wanted to know how his daughter who was 61 inches tall was able to hold a 39 and a half inch m16 rifle in a way that she was able to pull the trigger and successfully shoot herself through the mouth because they said the army claimed that she shot herself through the mouth. They told him that maybe she used her big toe to pull the trigger. 
Except, I don't know if you remember and, from that picture. Yeah, her she shoes was wearing on. socks and shoes. Yeah, so. that's what I was gonna say. Is like not to be gruesome, but like the you hear of people using like shotguns or those longer barreled guns. Mm-hmm. You you physically could not pull a trigger with your finger. Yeah, so you would have to do pull a trigger with a, a foot or like a push it with a. St- I don't even think you could do that with yeah. a stick. I don't know. I'm scared but of guns, so I'm not gonna try. A, but in that photo, like, she does. She has socks and tennis shoes on. Yeah. Not like. Yeah. So it wasn't her big toe. There's no way. In the meantime, her father asked what signs of depression, if any, that Lavina was showing. Because after all, he was a psychologist and spoke with his daughter daily and never noticed anything that suggested that she was depressed. And I will say, people that are depressed are very good at hiding hiding that they're depressed. But he was not only her father, but a psychologist. And she had never had any issues before. The army noted, this is what they told him. They they told him that they noticed Lavina had been eating more ice cream recently in Iraq, in the middle of a desert. Also, how like stereotypical to think like, or like, you know, she was sad, so she was eating more. Like that's what happens on TV shows, right? That's not that's not an indicator that someone is depressed if they eat a lot of ice cream. Someone like looked up that answer online. Right. And just fed it. What what do sad girls do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a very like stereotype. Yep. Then the army provided reports from fellow soldiers that said Lavina had just broken up with her boyfriend of two months, and she allegedly said she hated her life and talked about suicide for several weeks. However, these reports were accompanied by a statement for her, from her commanding officer that said that Lavina was immensely positive, disciplined, and well adjusted. And they claimed she was upset that her, the so summary, they claimed that she was upset because her boyfriend of two months had broken up with her and that she burned letters from him and then committed suicide by firing an M16 rifle into her mouth. In oh. summary, that's their story they're going with. Two months, I'm going to assume. She was so close to him. I'm going to assume two months. it was not, yeah, it was not that intense. But within these black and white photos, that the army had sent them someone had included a black and white photo of just a cd and there was no explanation to it so dr johnson believes that someone was actually trying to send him a message secretly and he knew at this point he had to get his hands on what was ever what was on that cd the army initially turned down dr johnson's request for the information on that cd stating that it had personal information of other soldiers on it which i would say I definitely need it. Yeah, okay. So Dr. Johnson had to enlist the help of Congressman Lacey Clay in order to get information on his daughter's death, the information that he had every right to, in my opinion. At this point, the family decided to hire their own criminal investigator to look into the case. And after months of back and forth with the Army, they were finally given the case documents, which included original color crime scene photos, and let me just tell you, if you didn't think this could get any worse, you just buckle in. The inconsistencies we're about oh, to great. go over. First of all, the documents revealed that there were several different storylines about how Lavina died. Initially, they state that Lavina was killed in the line of combat. Okay. Uh-huh. And then they go on to claim that she was mentally deranged. Okay. But then they all circle back to their current story that Lavina committed suicide with her own gun okay so that's for number one three different stories Mm -hmm. the documents also said that no fingerprints were found on the gun 
her gun that she used every single day and supposedly used to kill herself. So, so not a single fingerprint. Not even her own. So this means that the gun had to have been wiped down. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. There's, there's going to be right. fingerprints on it. In addition to this, they tested her hands for gunshot residue. And wouldn't you know, there were no, there was no gunshot residue on her hands. Not even from all of her training and practice. I'm yep. just saying she, if you would have just shot in yourself, shot in yourself. Yeah. Maybe if you did it with your toe, but again, she had her shoes on. So right. the photos showed that Lavina had severe damage to her face resembling it looked like someone had just gotten a blunt object and smashed her face in her nose and her neck were broken she had a black eye loose teeth bite marks on her body and this is the kicker to end all kickers some type of corrosive liquid had been poured into her genitals (gasps) ew yeah ew i don't even know what that means but it was apparently to destroy any DNA evidence. So she was obviously clothed for the crime scene photos, but the nude autopsy photos showed burns on the right side of Lavina's body, like going from her shoulder down to her thigh. But, there, that but her clothes had no burn yeah. damage on them, meaning the only explanation you could get for this was that she was burned while naked and then someone had redressed her. Yeah. that's messed up yeah she also had multiple large bruises all over her abdomen and literally i could stand up right now and get a bruise on my knee just from standing up i I bruise easily but to this extent there were large bruises all over her abdomen that's what i was gonna say some of this i'm trying to like make logic of it like I, i i guess if you shoot yourself in the head there would be some broken bones there would be some bruising from the from the force of the gun yeah but a gunshot to the head would not involve burn marks on your body. Mm -hmm. A gunshot to the head would not involve bite marks on your body. Mm -hmm. And a gunshot to the head would not involve, certainly not involve erosive, corrosive material on your genitals. No. Yeah. So, so something doesn't add up. Right. I mean, lots of things don't add up, but well, definitely I also, that. I also, because again, I know so much about guns. I asked Chase, I was like, I know when you like uh, shoot someone with a rifle, those little pellets spray out. And so if you were that's to shoot not, someone in the face with a rifle, you are going, they're not going to have, a I face. don't think that's this type of gun. Yeah. He told me the, he tried to explain that the, um, the rifle, the M the M 16, it goes and it keeps its form. Uh-huh even when it hits the surface and then once it's in there it opens up uh-huh so it could be a small entry point i don't know somebody yeah, that knows more not, about guns right in not not enough to to do that much damage to the lower half of your body though i'll, yeah. I'll give them the damage to the the head or the face or mm-hmm. the proximity to the to the entry point but not not from the neck down yeah also lividity had set in on the left side of lavina's body but she was found on her back i don't know what lividity is so lividity if she it's where after you die gravity pulls all the blood to the lowest point so if i died on my back then i would have dark coloration all alongside my back okay she was found with dark coloration or lividity had set in on the left side of her body, meaning she had died while lying on her left side. Oh, but in that picture, but she, she was, was on her back. found on her back. So yeah. that does not add up. They use lividity a ton in crime scene investigation. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, the process makes sense. Yeah. 
it being on her left side, but her being found on her back doesn't make sense. Right. Part of her vagina, anus, and tongue had been removed during the autopsy. They don't know why. I, I could see why her tongue, maybe like if she shot off part of her tongue, that would be absent. But the other parts, I don't, uh-uh. I don't understand. Uh-uh. There also appeared to be an object that someone had, for the lack of better words, uh, shoved inside of her. So her vagina was like propped open. Ew. Yeah. What is more, there was a trail of blood outside the tent where Private Johnson's dead body was found. Obviously, you don't shoot yourself in the head, lay down, go back outside, Crawl smear back some blood on the floor, yeah. and then come back inside. Also, the back of her clothes had debris on them, possibly indicating that she had been dragged into the tent after a violent attack. Because how, unless she fell down earlier in the day, I don't know. Then came a very shocking discovery for her family. Through witness statements and medical records, the Johnsons found out that Lavina was undergoing medical treatment in Iraq following a sexual assault. She had been diagnosed with a sexually transmitted infection of genital warts and was taking medication to eradicate it. Uh, there's no further information on this. We don't know who the perpetrator is or what was done about this, but she was sexually assaulted. And I, that, but it does make more sense and makes the situation even more suspect. Oh, yeah. Anyway, all of this was enough to convince the Johnsons that they needed to have Lavina's body exhumed and a new autopsy performed. So two years after Lavina was laid to rest in 2007, the body was exhumed and an impartial third-party doctor named Dr. Michael Johnson performed a second autopsy. He concluded that Lavina died of a gunshot wound fired through her mouth. And in an interview, Graham said he could not determine whether the wound was self-inflicted because Johnson did not provide him with the crime scene photos and other material. Johnson had not yet received the photos from the army at that time. So anyways, this new, the second autopsy, the doctor basically said, this is inconclusive. I don't know. I can't say it was suicide. I can't say if. That would be hard to, especially after two years. Mm -hmm. I mean. Interestingly enough, when they reached out to Dr. Graham to do the second autopsy, he let them know like, by the way, the first medical examiner is one of my really good friends. So why, why would they not pick somebody else? <laughs> I don't know. I guess that was the only option. Dr. Johnson has tried and failed to have the case reopened in spite of the inconsistencies between the evidence and the official version of what happened in late 2007. He decided to go to the media with what he had to see if he could pressure authorities that way. And the subsequent media attention helped booster public support behind the Johnsons and numerous petitions uh, have been signed. And the, this included petitions sent to the house armed services committee and the Senate armed services committee. But to this day, the military's official stance on the Lafina Johnson case remains the same. Do you want to read their official statement? Sure. It says quote, CID's extensive investigation found PFC Lavina Johnson's death to be from a self-inflicted gunshot. This finding coincides with the opinion rendered by the official, the Office of the Armed Forces Medical Examiner, whose findings also determined the death to be from a self-inflicted gunshot. CID conducted a very thorough investigation as well as a very thorough review of the case and stands by the findings of our investigation. As with all CID cases, if new information pertinent to this investigation becomes available, 
CID will reopen the investigation if warranted. So um, this is kind of where they stand till this day. She, It's still case closed. It was a suicide. Um, fun fact, a high esteemed attorney out of Birmingham, Alabama. Hey, yo, that's where we live. His name is Donald Watkins. Have you ever heard of him? I have not. He is famous for uh, dealing with several cover-up cases in his career. And he heard her story and just reached out to the family and was like, hey, I want to help you guys. Let me see the... Let me see what we got going on. So he came up with this theory and it's because in Lavina's personal belongings, they found a handwritten letter of her chain of command. And this got them thinking that the army would not go to these links to cover up for just anybody, that it was probably someone right. really high up this chain of command. So that's when they start going name by name through this chain of command, seeing if what they can find on the internet, if any of these people have anything going on. And when they got to the very top, the general up top on this chain of command, and they started looking him up, they found that he had been involved in several affairs on base and the army had told him Yikes. to stop many times and he did not. So their theory is that maybe Lavina caught him in the act and so he had to dispose of her or maybe he was interested in Lavina and sexually assaulted her i don't know but that that is their something was shady with him though yeah their new theory they're going with lavina was the first female soldier in missouri to die in iraq her family can no longer decorate for christmas and both of her mother and sister have been hospitalized or required psychiatric attention for emotional breakdowns but dr johnson continues to fight to bring justice to his daughter and all women of the military who go to work for who do excuse me who go to work fearing for their lives and here are some alarming facts about the military and sexual assault in 2018 there were 20,500 reported cases of service members that were sexually assaulted or raped and 13,000 of these were women oh dang in a briefing obtained by PBS NewsHour, the Army admitted that soldiers are more likely to be raped by someone of their own uniform than be shot by the enemy. That so if you're going to Iraq serving your country, horrible. you should be more scared of, of your fellow assault. man assaulting you than dying by enemy fire. That's, that is nuts. Yeah, that's really sad. The reason this is such a big deal is because the Army and the armed forces are one of the nation's largest workplaces. And if they don't start addressing the sexual assault in the military, and ensuring a more safer work environment, then essentially the military is going to not work as well. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to be able to retain anybody. And just the overall military effectiveness is not going to be as good. You you don't want your soldiers worrying about their fellow soldiers. Like they need to be worrying about their, their mission at hand, not Mm -hmm. who next to them is going to, try to hurt them right that should be the last of your your you would think your fellow soldier had your back yeah and i know there are lots of cases where they do i mean Mm -hmm. you do have the good stories coming out of you know organizations like that where you have people you know dying for their their soldiers their brothers their sisters that are fighting with them but same thing with the police like there are stories recently where they're like there's one you know one bad apple ruins the whole bunch but you can't that's not true Right, but this is a lot of bad apples. I mean, there's a lot of that's, bad that, that's apples. That's a lot of, of, of bad apples, and that's really sad. 
In, in conclusion, if that photo I showed you of the crime scene was, and as far as I know that it is, there is no way that she killed herself. There's right. no way that you killed yourself. You shot yourself in the face, and then the rifle flew across the room over a cot right. to your left side when you were right-handed. Right. Also, why were there chemical uh, corrosive mm-hmm. erosive chemicals poured on your genitals yeah. that does not add up yeah there's a lot within that story that doesn't add up and I, I i'd like to chalk it up to just clerical errors or, or some type of ignorance yeah but there's no way because i don't like to think that that's what happens but it does and there are if we have, we could cover a million stories on uh, murders within the military, unfortunately, and cover-ups, but I'm not here to piss anybody off. We're just... Allegedly. We, um, allegedly, for educational purposes only. Right. But, on a better note, on a, she, Lavina was a Mulan of our she age. She was, she was, absolutely. And, and there's, lots of, there's lots of other female warriors that, I mean... Not that I would call them female warriors because mm-hmm. that was a derogatory term to them today. But I don't know why that's a derogatory term. Like, yeah, I'm a female I'm sure, warrior. I'm sure it was the way in which it was said. I mean, yeah. tone can totally change the meaning of something. So we say it and it's empowering. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, oh, female warrior. Like, that they I, mean it down. But, they, but other people saying it to them would have meant it in, yeah. in a negative way. So, In summary, if females ruled the world... And we're all in places of power. Oh, we would not. I'm strong enough to bear these children. Don't get back to business. It's Beyonce. She's the female warrior of my heart. Yes. Anyways, if females were in places of power all around the world, mm-hmm. we would not be having the problems we are having right now. I mean, I'm sure we would have other problems, but hopefully they would not be this bad. No. No, no, no earthly leader is perfect. Mm-hmm. Who unfortunately. Ru- who rule the world? Girls. 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 You know that thing you would do in middle school where you'd hold your mouth and you'd go, mm-hmm. and you would say girl, and it sounds mm-hmm. like, girl, girl, girl. <laughs> you know that? Yes. That's a perfect, perfect way to oh, end. Oh, me. Uh, maybe you liked all the side tangents. I like side tangents. It was fun. Yeah. Just little little tidbits for you there. She's one of the last Disney princesses, because um, we've covered all the other ones. There's a couple more, like Merida from Brave done, and stuff. Did we do Moana? No, we and Moana, Moana, we can Moana. do Moana. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, We've yeah. got a couple more. Yeah, but one of the classics. One of the classics. If you haven't yet, you can follow us on Instagram at Scary Tales Podcast. We post pictures of what we talked about today and just general updates. It's a pretty good time over there. And if you tell us other ideas that you would like for us to do on the show, we will yeah. try to honor those. Yeah, our last person that recommended something or requested something, we did it. So, so there you have it. So go on ahead. Until next time, stay scary, scary tales. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.